So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Psalm 34. We were there last week. And Psalm 34 is, is, a, is a great psalm. He begins talking about, he said, I will, David said, I bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I want to go to verse 4. I told you that the psalmist would praise first and then he talks about what he went through. That makes sense? Amen. Kind of what I just said earlier, right? You know, you praise God first and then you go through. <laughs> amen. But David is helping us. Amen. I told you this is a psalm of David, a song of David, uh, where David is, is in a pandemic. He's in a cave. He's cornered. He's confused. And then on top of that, the people around him are in the same predicament. Come on, help me. He had to act crazy to get out of the enemy camp, the enemy's camp, to get to where he is now. Sometimes it seems like in this journey with God, you go from bad to worse. Come on, help me, somebody. Sometimes in this journey in life, amen, you go from one corner to another corner, only to end up in a cave by yourself. And then when you get in there, you find out the people with you got the same issues. That's what David is dealing with. That's the context in a nutshell. David says now, he t he's given us a clue. And he's given us his ingredients or his formula for coming out of and making it through this season of isolation. Amen? But I want to look at something today. Look what he says. He says, verse 4, this is Psalm 34 and verse 4. He says, I sought the Lord. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces will never be ashamed. This poor man cried out to the Lord. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fears him and rescues them. I want to talk about this morning false hope. Craving a connection, part two. False hope. Amen. Craving a connection. Last week I began this series, or this part of the series, and I talked about craving a connection makes a lot of sense because of where David was. Makes a lot of sense where we are right now. We're craving a connection. Coming back into the house of God. Coming back into the sanctuary. So that we can worship and praise our God freely without any restrictions. It can get like that sometimes. When you've been 
disconnected, amen, from the fellowship, disconnected from the worship, amen. It can feel as if you are all alone. But what we have to remember is, hope is something that we all want. Hope, it seems, is like a a word that we need to hear about right now. We need hope. We, We need some form of hope right now. The definition for hope is a confident expectation. Hope is about expectation. Uh, with states opening and stay-at-home bans being lifted, malls and restaurants and movie theaters, the question is, does that give you hope? Is that the pinnacle in this pandemic? For most people who don't know the Lord, that's their hope. Amen. The question is, does that ease your mind that that everything is going back to what we may call normal? For me, the answer is no. Why, you may ask. Because I believe that our hope should never be in what man can manipulate. I wish I had somebody. Anyone can manipulate numbers. Anyone can make things look better or talk you into something better. Anyone can offer you hope, but you got to make sure that that hope is not false. You see, our hope is in Christ Jesus. Our God is who we praise. Our God can get us through this. But saints, I got a feeling, amen, that some of us are holding on to some false hope. When I look at this passage... I see David craving a connection. He's already praised the Lord. He's he's already, he's a fugitive on the run from Saul. He is anointed and yet not appointed. I wish I had somebody. I wish I had somebody. And, and, And it's amazing because hope, amen, can Be disguised when you're living in fear, when you're living with a lot of uncertainties. But David begins to talk about, see this is why it's so important that we read, we continue to read. Don't read just one part of the story, find out. How he got out. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you got to find out how he got out. Because he didn't get out. Hallelujah. Hoping 
on something that he didn't believe. David knew something about God just by the mere fact that he wrote Psalm 23. And when he wrote Psalm 23, he was reflecting back to his time as a shepherd boy. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. David had a lot of reflecting that he he had done. But David had been through so much in his life that David had had what I call an experience with God. Saints. The events that, that's recorded here in verses 1 to verse 4, David called the people to praise the Lord with him. Amen. That's hopeful. He says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In other words, I'm going to stay consistent with my praise in spite of my circumstances that I'm going through right now. Do I have anybody? David then begins to talk about, after he talks about, amen, his praise, he now begins to talk about, come on somebody, his deliverance. I'm curious to know how he made it out. Amen. You see, it's easy to start hoping in the wrong thing. When life goes back to normal. False hope can cause a connection issue. Amen. If it's false, it will never satisfy for long. Don't let your craving fool you. Or cause you to get a substitute in a time like this. I wish I had somebody. So the question is. What, what can we do to make sure that we don't get caught with false hope? Well, let's look at it. Verse 4 says, David says. Well, if you, if you look at verse 3, he says, oh, magnify the Lord. Right? Talked about that last week. And he says, and let us, the universal call, let us exalt, amen, his name together. Verse 4, he says, I sought the Lord. Listen to this. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered me. Now, this is very tricky right here. Now, the reason I say it's tricky because... Here's the thing. A lot of times we pray and we proceed. Amen. A lot of times we pray and we don't wait long enough and we answer the prayer. Are y'all with me? Y'all with me, right? David says, in order for you not to have false hope, the first thing you have to do, he says, I sought the Lord. That word sought means to ask, to consult to call, but it also means to wait. Now, you may be saying, how long do I have to wait? And so if we're going to do this, if we're going to avoid false hope, the first thing we have to do is consult God first and then wait for confirmation. 
Many times we don't confirm what we've prayed about. Come on, somebody. Many times, amen, we say we've, we're seeking God and we don't wait long enough for the answer. False hope will cause you to answer your own prayer. False hope will cause you to get confirmation that God didn't sin. You know, we think, oh, well, God, you try to connect these dots. Amen. You say, oh, well, this one thing happened. This one thing happened. That one thing happened. So it must be God. You better wait. And can I tell you something? He says he answered. And can I tell you something? Cult leaders do the same thing. They say God did this and God said that, but they never confirm their message. And you and I got to be careful that we're not putting our hope in this government. That we're not putting our hope in this governor. That we're not putting our hope, come on somebody, in that job. You have to put your hope in God and watch this. Consult God, pray about it, cry out to him and tell your neighbor you got to learn how to wait. Let me say this to you. When God confirms something, you'll know it's God. Here's how you know it's God. The blessings of the Lord make one rich and has no sorrow with it. Amen. James says... Count it all joy when you encounter various trials. So here's the thing. You've prayed, but then you end up in the trial. That's God. <laughs> Why? He says the testing of your faith, because in order to trust you with more, he's got to test your faith. He's got to mold your faith. He has to strengthen your faith. He has to get you to a place, amen, where you're not just interested in what you can get from him, but you can give him praise while you're going through it. Are you with me? This is what he says. He says, count it all joy. That word count means to think straight. To think like a leader. Oftentimes we're saying, God told me this, and God told me that. David said, I sought the Lord, and I got confirmation before I went forward. Amen. Wait for your confirmation. And God, when God confirms it, there will be no strings attached to it. You don't have to compromise your family. You don't have to compromise your purity. You don't have to compromise your mind, your body, or your soul. Wait for confirmation. The text says, he says, I sought the Lord. And look what he says next. He says, he delivered me from all. My question is, what are you seeking God for? Are you seeking him for deliverance from your fear or deliverance from your trouble? I think if you get deliverance from your fear, you'll have faith to go through your troubles. Do I have anybody? The text says, the text says the Lord delivered me from all. David was fear free. Come on, tell, tell somebody I'm fear free. Amen. Listen, it looks bad right now, but Lord, I need some fear free days. Come on, somebody. I need some days where I could just lift my hands in spite of and say, Lord, I thank you. I sought the Lord. I got confirmation. The next thing you have to do, watch this. The next thing is confront your fear 
and wait, here it is again, for your deliverance. Wait for your deliverance. God knows how to deliver his children. God knows exactly when to deliver you too. You see, see, David's fear can cause you to find comfort, watch this, in false hope. Oh, he said he was going to marry me. He's been saying that a long time. Come on, help me somebody. I need to throw that out there. He said he would do better. He ain't done better yet. Amen. He said he's going to buy me. False hope, y'all. Amen. Listen, you cannot find hope in your job. I'm going to say it one more time. You cannot find hope in your job. Your job is a means to an end. But you can find hope in Him. And let me say this. God will deliver you what? Can I ask you something? What are you afraid of today? What's your greatest fear today? Not having a roof over your head? Not having food? Not having clothing? Well, let me give you a promise. Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first. I'm going to say it one more time. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things. I'm going to say it one more time. Context. Food, clothing, and shelter will be added unto you. So find your greatest fear. Seek the Lord and he will deliver you from it. Because if not, then you will be living on false hope. If when you pray, you don't see nothing happen, the question is, what's up with that? Amen. Why is it? Amen. That how is it? Why come it? You've been praying. You've been seeking. You've been asking. You've been begging. Oh, you've been praying with false hope. Because the moment you open your mouth to pray, it has to be done by faith. David said, I sought the Lord. And I got evidence. That he didn't deliver me out of my situation. He delivered me out of my fear. And somebody here you're afraid. Matter of fact you've been thinking about dying lately. Oh yes you have. You've been thinking about dying lately. But I stopped by to tell you. You got a little bit more life left in you. Your hope is built. Oh. Amen. On Jesus Christ. On his word. But you have to seek him with no fear. Amen. He says, I sought the Lord and he answered. And he delivered me from all my fears. Verse 5. Look at verse 5. Verse 5 says, now he shifts from me to they. (laughs) You notice that? He says, he says, I sought the Lord. And then in verse 5, he says, they. I'm trying to figure out who the they are. I figured it out. It's they, them people that was in the cave with him. Those discouraged. 
in debt, <laughs> amen, hopeless people. David had to encourage them. David said, they looked to him. Watch this. And were what? Radiant. You know what that word radiant means? They shine. I figured out something. When you look to the Lord, you begin to shine. There's something about you that looks different when you look to the Lord. Look what he says. He says they looked to him and, 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 and were radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. In other words, you don't have to live in shame anymore when you're living in the light. Come on, somebody. You don't have to live in shame when you're living with true hope. You don't have to live in shame anymore. Come on, somebody. When God delivers you out of sin. Oh, yeah, I'm talking about sin. When God delivers you out of a false, hopeful situation. Watch this. So the next thing is, you got to ask this question here. Amen. If you're going to live on true hope, you have to next consider who you're really depending on. The text says they look to God. And can I ask you a question? Who are you looking to? Who are you turning to? Who are you depending on? That word, that word look means to depend on. To look on something for help. To, to depend on something. It means to evaluate or consider by looking at something. Do I have anybody? Listen, when you depend on him, you'll shine. You, watch this. You will not be embarrassed. Watch this. He will never put you to shame. When you trust Him, when you depend on Him, the question is, who, or I want you to consider, who are you really depending on? Now, you say you're depending on God, but you're fearful. You say you're dependent on God, but here you are, you're lacking faith. David said, when you, you I could tell the people who are depending on God, you know how I know? They got a shine about them. There, there's this radiance about them. There's, there's this light that, that proceeds out of them that you can see that their only joy is God. Saints, I want to tell you something today. You got to look to him. The text says they looked to him. They looked to him. And watch this. And, and they were radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. In other words, you will lift your head again. That's real hope. False hope will have you looking up for a moment and then you start looking down again. False hope will not cause you to shine. It will cause you, amen, to believe in something that's not real. Verse 6. David said, verse 6. He said, this poor man. Ah, now I want you to watch this now. Here's David. I want to help somebody with something. Here's David who is a man after God's own heart who's been anointed king, king of Israel, who has a covenant from God. Watch this. David could have been a man who, 
you know, could have walked around and, you know, he could be served by other people and, you know, he's king. But look what, look how David describes himself. He says, he goes back to him. He said, this poor man cried out, cried, and the Lord did what? You notice a theme here? He says what? The Lord heard him. And not only did God hear him, but God saved him. Anybody need some saving out your troubles this morning? Anybody need some deliverance out of your situations this morning? How bad do you want it? The question is, where's your hope? And I believe that that's the answer to, to, to the question, the answer to the problem, the, 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 watch it, the solution to your deliverance, amen, is that you seek God. But watch this. You ready for this? And I want you to grab this for a minute. Watch this. He says, this poor man, this word poor, it means afflicted. And many of us are afflicted. We're smiling on the outside. But we're afflicted on the inside. He said, this poor man, you know what? I thank God. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You see, you see, you see, the world may paint a picture. Amen. Of what it's supposed to be. But God gave me this point, this next point. God gave me this next point. Watch this. He says, he says, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. Lord, hear me. Hear me, God. I'm not calling on nobody else. But I'm crying out to you. Hear me, God. I'll never forget those struggling days of my life. When I couldn't afford milk for my kids. I couldn't put no food on the table as a man. And I'll never forget driving down 288. And then to 2234 right there. And I cried out to God. I said, Lord, I'm your servant. I know, I know you're going to do something great in my life one day. But God, I need you to help me. I'm crying out to you. No sooner did I made it home, y'all. I get a phone call from one of my clients because I, I had my own business. He said, where are you at? I said, I'm at home. He says, meet me at the store. I got some money for you. Drove up to the store. He put $500, $100 bills in my hand. He said, I've been owing you this money for about a year now, and I've been meaning to pay you, but the Lord told me to get this money to you. When you cry out to God, when you hope, see, saints, we lose hope because of the connection. We're craving the connection, but just because you're not here doesn't mean you don't have a connection, but your hope can affect that connection. He says, this poor man cried out. But let me show you something. Here's the next point. Character over calling. Character over calling. I got a whole lot of preachers preaching. 
but they ain't got no character. Got a whole lot of Christians praying, but they ain't got no character. He says, this humble man, that's what the word poor man means also. It means humble. Humility. God is not trying to break you. He's trying to make you. And what we're doing, saints, is that we're taking this as a personal attack. But God is saying, listen, let me help you with something. This that you're going through is to build your character. He said, this poor man of humility. David was in a posture and in a position where God could deliver him. And only until you get low enough. Listen, let me say this. Don't be ashamed of where you are. Because the lower you get, the better he can reach you. Come on, water don't flow to high places. Water flows to low places. So the lower you get, the more he will water you. You will be like a tree firmly planted by the streams of water. And in whatever you do, you shall prosper. Can I ask you something? Can I ask you a question? Where you are right now, can God reach you? Character over calling. A lot of times, we fall in love with the calling and not focusing on the character. And God has to, you know what God was doing with David in this cave? He was molding and shaping his character. And even though he messed up, even though he messed up, there are some things that God was trying to take out of him. That's what God is trying to do with us in this pandemic. He's taking some things out of us. He's molding us and shaping us. And he's bringing us to a posture or a place. You know what? Let me say this. Before this, he couldn't reach you. Before this, you were unreachable. So he had to cause a disruption so that he can get your attention. Come on, say amen. This is not candy preaching. So it's going to convict. But when it convicts, say, ouch, amen, or thank you. That God is reaching me right where I'm at. Watch the text. The angel of the Lord. Now look what he says. David recognized something. That false hope can cause us to miss. Amen. Some divine resources that we have. Here's a divine resource. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the word of God. Come on somebody. We have angels. Oh, we have grace. We have mercy. Come on somebody. We have an intercessor. We have an advocate. The text says the angels. The angel. Not angels. Got to read it right now. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And, and what does the angel do? The angel rescues them. 
Oh, I wish I had somebody. The angel rescues them. Thank God that I have a divine host with me. Don't you lose focus and forget what you really have going for you. We have, not only do we have God on our side, the Holy Spirit inside of us. But the last thing you got to do about hope is you got to be conscious of a divine protection and a promise. That we have a divine protection. The devil can't touch what God has put set aside as his own. And you got to remember that you have a guardian angel. You have an angel encamped around you. And we have a heavenly host around us. And no matter what it looks like right now, it could be COVID-19 or whatever it else it is. But God has given us divine protection and the promise. Here's what the promise is. The promise is he will deliver you. He will bring you through. The promise is, come on somebody, that no matter what it looks like right now, that God is going to make a way out of no way for you. But you got to remind yourself that God is powerful enough to protect his children. He says the angel, how did David even recognize the angelic protection? Because he knew that, it, you know, we say that can't be nobody but God. That can't be nobody but God and his divine angel around you protecting you because you made it 60 days without catching the COVID-19. You made it this far with cancer. You made it this far with diabetes. You made it this far with high blood pressure. You made it this far with whatever it is. And it's nobody but God who sends. Listen, God dispatches his angel. And he protects you. You're never alone. And that's hopeful. Because if I look at David's life. And I look at my life. I have to pay attention. Saints. That God is sending me. Protection. With a promise. George Mueller. Of England. He was a great man of faith. He had an orphanage that he ran by, day by day. George Mueller never asked anybody for anything other than God. George Mueller believed that if God started the work, God would take care of the work. One day, they ran out of food. And he set the table and brought the kids around, although there was no food there. Hope. 
The kids glanced at each other perplexed. And then one spoke up, reminding Mr. Mueller that there was no food on the table. Mr. Mueller answered that he realized that, but that they should give thanks anyway. See, sometimes you don't see your deliverance. Sometimes you don't see what God is doing. Sometimes you don't see anything, but you ought to set the table. I wish I had somebody. He prayed and he thanked God for his promise to give them their daily bread and to meet their needs. In other words, he gleaned from a passage of scripture and he says, God, your word says that you will give us this day our daily bread. He prayed and reminded the Lord that he was busy doing his business and that the children were hungry. At the conclusion of his prayer, true story, there was a knock on the door. The baker up the street stood there and said that he felt led to bring his leftovers, I wish I had somebody, to the orphanage. As they had not sold all that they had baked for that day. I'm trying to help somebody. Sometimes those disruptions in your schedule, God is trying to get you to be a blessing to somebody else. It is only when you have experiences like this that you know that your God is real. It is only when you have experiences like this that you know that he can be trusted. He wants us to have a daily dependence. He wants us to have a hope in him In spite of the facts, in spite of all these choices, he wants us to depend on him. Saints, our hope can be false. I can't preach something I don't believe. I can't preach something I don't live either. And I tell people all the time, you can't preach something you ain't living. Ezra 7.10. And listen, I'm not perfect, and I make mistakes. I got all this stuff in my life that's going on, but guess what? Amen. I still believe that even with my shortcomings, God covers me. Why? Why? Because I'm convinced that he who began a good work in us will finish it. I believe that when you call on him, when you pray to him, when you seek him, he will answer. Now let me ask you a question. Where is your hope today? Is your hope totally in him. Hallelujah.